On this Wednesday night of August the 12th, I'd like for you to take your Bibles and go to Philippians, please. Tonight, it's God's call to love in serving. We are in life at this particular moment where we are because of our believing. We will be tomorrow where our believing takes us. No individual ever rises higher in life than what he believes. And all believing is determined by what you're taught. The reason you believe what you believe on this occasion is because of what you've been taught. You never rise any higher in life than what you believe. Furthermore, no one can teach you any more than what they know. Basically, it's been the serving of self first that has been taught to all of us in the years past rather than the serving of others. The battlefield on this occasion, like it's the battlefield of all of your lifetime, is always the mind. You've got to make up your mind. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, As a man thinketh, as a man thinketh, so is he. In Philippians 4, 8, the word of God says, Finally, brethren, and then it ends up on think on these things. Finally, what? Whatsoever is true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You control your life by what you think. Most of us have been brought up in a society where we've been taught to think negatively, to think hurtfully, to think destructively. We have basically been raised on a diet of negatives. And so people have been thinking negatively. People, it's just as easy to think positively as it is to think negatively. It is just as easy to think good of people as it is to think evil. But the reason people keep thinking evil all the time is that's what they're taught. That's what they think. And we bring things to our lives because of what we think. Things just do not happen by accident, people, or by chance. They happen because of what we think. So it's just as easy to think good of people, to think about the pure, the things that are honest. It's just as easy to think about your child, your, your youth, to think good about them as to think evil. Like, for instance, your son or your daughter doesn't get home till one o'clock in the morning or two and you're laying there biting your fingernails up to the second knuckle or something. 
And you say, oh my God, I wonder if he's been in an automobile accident. I wonder if he's been hurt. Maybe he's out getting drunk. Maybe he's out doing dope or something. Why not think that he's been out witnessing the word? Why not? Because to think that somebody's out witnessing the word till one at two of the clock in the morning is off the wall because we're so used to people being out till one or two, getting into trouble and doing all the negatives. It's just as easy to think good of your child as it is to think evil, people. And once you, once you start thinking good of your child, you're going to set in motion the power of God in your life and theirs, and the good will start coming back to you. Lots of times I could document a lot of the stuff I teach just by illustrations of things that have happened in our lives and the lives of our people. But you know, if I spend all that time documenting it for you, I don't have enough time to teach the Word. It's the Word that changes people's lives, not my documentation of it by the experiences of our people. You can't always guarantee my experiences, but you can guarantee the experiences that are stated in the Word that I can guarantee. And it's always coming back to the Word, like I did with you last night, to show you what a neighbor really is. For some of you, you had problems with it all day today. You're still wondering how I could have handled it that way. Well, it's your problem, not mine, see? But if you'll stay at the Word, see what the reason it's so hard You've been taught all the wrong stuff, the negative stuff, that your neighbor is everybody, remember? And they got you believing this, so the fellow who lives out in Timbuktu doesn't give a hoot and a hailstorm about God or God's people or anybody or anything, only himself, that I am his neighbor. And it's my responsibility to see that he gets food and clothing and shelter. That's a bunch of junk. The Word of God teaches who the neighbor really is. And so, it's always the battlefield of the mind, people. And you can believe positively, you can think good thoughts. As a matter of fact, you can so train your life and your mind that you can begin to forget things. <laughs> now, some people are very adept at that anyways, but... <laughs> But I mean it in a very positive, beautiful sense. The Scripture says, forgetting the things that are what? The, and pressing on toward the upward calling. I've learned in my ministry in my life to renew my mind to the positive greatness of the Word and allow the negative, the bad situation, to more or less, I call it evaporate, get out of my stupid head. And I deal with a lot of people who have opportunities in life. I listen them out by letter or we talk. They share their innermost secrets of their hearts many times with me because they know my lockbox loses the key the moment it's over with because I never tell, never say. But 
They ask me a year later, I see them and I say, well, you look wonderful. And they say, yeah, remember when I talked to you about so-and-so? And I get embarrassed. I've forgotten you. I really have. I cannot for the life of me recall the incidents that they brought up at the time that we ministered to and that God delivered. That's forgetting the things that are past and pressing on toward the upward calling. That's right. The battlefield is the mind, and there are very few people have ever been taught the potential latent within their mind. I doubt if very many of us use even 10% of our mental ability to really produce. I'm not sure. I'm not a scientist. It's just my experience that I've learned from working the word with people. You are so much more capable of producing things than the world has ever allowed you to think you were because the world has pretty well pushed you down. They've tried to make us negative, full of fear, full of worry, full of anxiety. I guess some people are holed up now waiting for the return. You know, they, they were holed up three months ago and they got their dates wrong or something. So they're holed up tonight waiting for Christ to return. Shoot, we're not holed up. We're out here holding forth God's word. If it comes, great. If he doesn't, we'll hold it tomorrow, right? <laughs> Reverend Robert Wilkinson did such a fantastic piece of work on the scriptures tonight. I sat there with utter thanksgiving in my soul. While he was teaching, I thought to myself, well, why do I have to go out there and teach easily all that stuff? I was just a gorgeous presentation. And yet, I guess Howard wouldn't pay me next week if I didn't teach. <laughs> I love you guys. Robert told you about a doulos. The doulos is the Greek word that's translated servant. And he taught you about the Old Testament fellow getting his ear drilled through and then an earring put in it that he, this was, that he was marked out for his master, his owner. The word, the word doulos does mean that, but it also means something that Robert said, one who is sold out just sold out utterly, that's a doulos. One who is marked for the master. One who is branded for Christ, that's a doulos. Come any other situation, does it make any difference? You have been marked for the master. You're sold out to God, people, and his word. You are branded for Christ because you have Christ in you, the hope of glory, and then you just stand and move the word, the word, the word. You are the doulos. Now the female side of a doulos is a doule. <laughs> D-O-U-L-E-E -E is the way the Greek word is spelled. That's a lady, a woman who is sold out, a woman who is branded, a woman who is marked out for God. And I want to show you one woman that was so marked out, and that's in the Gospel of Luke, bless your heart. 
Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the delay of the Lord. The King James says what? Handmade. That all the texts have the word delay. A doulos, a female doulos, Mary, was a doulos of the Lord, a delay. She was sold out, people. She was committed. She was marked for the master, for God. That's why Mary could say to the angel or whatever it was, Behold the handmaid of what? Be it unto me according to thy word. That's a doule and that's also a doulos. A doulos is one who says, Be it unto me according to what? The word. You know there are three words translated love. Greek words, eros, which is the, you know, sort of sex love and all that other stuff. Then the, it's upgraded into a word called phileo. And phileo, love is human love. Love people have between each other. Our city of Philadelphia is named off of that name phileo. Others places are. Phileo really, in its least common denominator, when you honestly analyze that word, it means you scratch my back and I scratch yours if it's advantageous to both of us. But if it isn't, I won't scratch yours. That's phileo, love. That's the highest there is. This is what most of us have seen in the secular business world, right? You, 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 you work with someone because they work with you. Their product you want, they want something, so you negotiate. What I call scratch your back, you scratch mine. That's, that's the highest thing you usually see in the world, and this is usually what you also see the highest among so-called, quote, Christians, end of quote. But there is a higher love, and that higher love is the Greek word agapeo, A-G-A-P-A-O, agapeo. Agapeo is a doulos, one who has the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation, who has said to God, be it unto me according to the word. That's agapeo. It's the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation. You see, people, men serving or men will serve in the degree and to the capacity of their love for God. To the degree and the capacity of the love of God. Reverend Wilkerson said to you that freedom without discipline is bondage. I would like to say to you tonight the greater 
your commitment to service is, the greater your freedom will be. The first thing you do is love God. If you're going to be a doulos, you have to first love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's always first, the love of God. Secondly, you serve others who love God. That's where the service begins. They may be immature Christians, just the neighbor that we talked about and showed you from God's word last night. But you're serving. You're serving others who also endeavor to love God. Serving my people is only true service when it's done in love. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, Love never what? Fails. Love never fails. That's the true service. You love God first. Secondly, you, you serve others who love God. And serving is only true service when you do it in love. And the love of God in the renewed mind to even an immature Christian never fails. In Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 13. For brethren, you've been called unto what? Liberty, liberty. Liberty is that freedom with discipline, not freedom without discipline, that's bondage. And the liberty and the freedom without that discipline is the occasion to the flesh, and that'll put you back into bondage. But in contrast, verse 13, in love is the text, in love, in love, agapeo, serve one another. Serve one another. And it is remarkable that this 13th verse precedes the one that I handled so completely last night. For all the law, is fulfilled in one word. Even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thy wife. There it is. So, we are to serve one another in love. Serve one another in love. And that service is to the neighbor, and the neighbor is the one who is also a believer. He may be immature, but he's still a believer. And it's in this one word, and that's the word love. Love, love. Love to the end that that one, even if he endeavors to be unlovable, you still love. You have to become broken bread for that immature one until they learn to break their own bread because of the love, people, that you have in your heart. 
You have to allow that one sort of to walk on your, on your feet, on your tootsies, until they learn to walk on their own. That's why it's all fulfilled, verse 14, in that one word, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thy what? See, the word is our standard for truth. In the book of Acts, a remarkable record, Acts chapter 6, Look at verse 2. Then the twelve apostles called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It's not reason or good that we should leave the word of God and serve tables, serve food on the tables. Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you Seven men of honest report, full of penuma, spirit. The word holy nor the article D does not appear in any critical Greek text. Full of spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business of serving tables. But, verse 4. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministering of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of pistis, believing, and of Panumahagion, and Philip and Prochorus, all of those whom, verse 6, they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them, and that means they ordained them. They ordained these men to serve tables, to serve, to serve, but the quality of their life had to be filled with the Spirit. Men who had full of spirit, wisdom, honest report, not some neophyte, not some, just someone who finished PFAL last night, but someone who has been moving along, growing, becoming more mature and standing, having a good report. And these are the men that they ordained. They ordained them, not as what the world calls today as official clergymen. They ordained these men to serve tables to see that the serving of tables, the food, everything else to God's people was carried out according to the principles of God. And the word, verse 7, and the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests, that's very inaccurate. The word text says Judeans. The company of the priests were never obedient to the faith. The priests objected very violently, as you know from the rest of the book of Acts. 
The text here reads, And a great company of the Judeans were obedient to the faith. This is the family faith. They got born again, got to be a part of the family. And verse 8, Stephen, full of graces, the text, and power, did, Stephen did, full of grace and power, did great wonders and signs among the what? People. They picked him to just serve tables while they would give themselves, the rest of them, would give themselves fully to the ministry of the word. But whenever a man is picked to serve tables, he's full of the Spirit too, right? Like Stephen was. And if the time is there and it's needed, he not only serves in the capacity of serving tables, he serves the Word of God. And that's why Stephen was full of grace, divine favor, full of power, and he, Stephen, Stephen did it. Great wonders and signs among the what? People. In Acts chapter 20, Acts chapter 20, this is where Paul calls the elders of the church at Ephesus, verse 18, and when they were come to him, to Paul, he said unto them, you know from the first day I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, all the time. Paul said, you know how I conducted myself. You know how I acted. You know how I bled out my heart for you, how I taught you the word, how I prayed with you, how I believed for your deliverance. And that, in verse 19, is listed as serving the Lord with all what? Humility of mind. With the love of God in the renewed mind and manifestation, you serve God's people in all humility, with all love. Paul was serving the Lord. He was serving the Lord by serving the Lord's people, don't you see it? And he did it in all humility of what? Mind. Going back to Galatians for a moment again, I want to show you a great principle regarding God's call to love in serving, one that is hardly known today or even considered or thought about. Galatians 5, 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also, what? Walk in the Spirit. So when you're serving people, it's a walk, right? It's a walk. It's a walk. Serving class, serving is also a walk by the Spirit. Ministering to people is a walk by the Spirit. Serving people God's Word teaching it, researching it. All of this is influenced by the Spirit's presence. So, if you're going to serve people, you have to learn to walk by the Spirit. 
God will give you revelation that this particular neighbor of yours, immature Christian, let's say, needs serving like this. Someone else needs it like that. The reason we have missed it is because we lump everybody together and serve them. That's not walking by the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in what? Walking in the Spirit when you are serving, allowing God to give you that revelation that will meet that particular need of that individual. Stephen did it. Paul did it. These are men. Moses, on whom the Spirit was, did it. Well, the Spirit is in you. It's God in Christ in you. So it's there for you to walk by. <laughs> Remember Philippians 2.13 says that it is, it is God who is what? At work within us. Who's at work within us? God. God's at work within us to will and to do his good pleasure. And God's call to love in serving is his good pleasure. And God is at work within you. That's why you have to walk by the Spirit in serving effectively and efficaciously as a doula. The night when Nancy was sharing about her year of experience as a W.O.W. I had this letter from one of those people that she mentioned and I thought I'd just share it with you. I had a tremendous year as a wow. I went on the field a little girl but I came back a woman of God. I can tell you how much this year as a while meant to me. I can't tell you how much this year as a while meant to me. But my eyes were healed Christmas and it has been very tremendous. I thought what a wonderful letter. She got healed because she served. And I've watched these things through the years Many times, if you want to get delivered, you start delivering somebody else. If you want to get healed, you minister healing to someone else. There is healing to you in serving your life to others. If you need the truth of that documentation, you, all you need to do is look at Job 42.10, where it says, that Job was healed. Job was healed when he did one thing. What? Prayed for his friends. They were miserable comforters. That's right. They irked him and did everything else. All screwed up on God's word at time. and But they were still part of the household. They were still part of that neighbor's stuff. Don't you see? Immature. But they were still there. And finally Job got around to renewing his mind and he said, well, I'm going to pray for you dudes instead of being teed off at you all the time. And it says in 
in, in Job 42.10, that when Job prayed for his friends, then he got delivered, he got healed. And not only that, God gave him back twice as much materially as he had ever had. I'm so thankful tonight that this has been and is international life. I am so thankful to God for the continued outreach of the great integrity of his word around the world. And I have just been so blessed meeting with the international people like today I met with them again yesterday for a little bit because I see the great potential of God's word over the world. It cannot go over the world if it stays in the United States. It's got to move in the hearts of the lives of the nationals in every country. And I was also so tremendously blessed today when I saw all of you twigs gathered together sitting all over these lands and grounds here at the Way International. Just hundreds and thousands of you in your twigs in the woods and other places, praying together, reading the word together, lifting the ministry of the word around the world. That is God's call, people, to love in serving, in serving. Even in prayer, we, we are serving. That's why we need to walk by the Spirit, people. Don't you understand? First Thessalonians, please. First Thessalonians. Chapter 1. Verse 2. We give thanks to God, what? Always. For you all making mention of you in our prayers. He's serving. Always making mention, praying for you, that serving people. Verse 3, remembering without ceasing. Without ceasing means to remember it with careful attention and persistence, class. Your work Proceeding from believing is the text. Proceeding out of believing. You never rise any higher than you believe, remember? Here's Thessalonians just telling you this. Your work proceeding from or out of believing and labor of what? Love. And patience of hope of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a tremendous truth. Careful attention with persistence, proceeding out of our believing, and our labor of love, agape, love of God in the renewed mind, and with all patience, waiting for the return, the hope. Doing this in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God, in the sight of God, even our Father. God, our Father. 
God was the father of Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, because of what he created. But he created within us eternal life, which is God in Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's why these words are put in here, in the sight of God, even our Father. Verse 4, knowing brethren, knowing brethren, again, the believers, beloved, your election of God, you're being called of God. I cannot for one moment believe that you're here at the Rock of Ages because I twisted your arm. You heard something. You desired something. It was God speaking to your heart, people. Apparently, he knows you. He knew why you should come. He knew what you would get blessed with if you just hang in there with that discipline. You have a freedom to go, but you also have the freedom to stay if you discipline yourself. And the greater your commitment to serve people, the greater will be your freedom. For our gospel, verse 5, came not unto you in word only, but also in power, the evidence, the manifestation, and in Panumahagion, Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we became among you for your sake. That's God's call to love in service. And ye became followers of us, imitators of us. And when you imitated what we did according to the will of the Lord, then you were imitators of the hope, Lord. Having received and the word received is decomai, subjective reception. Received the word subjectively. In much affliction, this was much mental pressure, but with the joy of Panumahagion, so that you, Thessalonians, were types and samples, you were types to all who believe in Macedonia, and Achaia. For from you, from you, sounded out the word of the Lord because of their love in serving. Started out with Paul who lived it among them and they picked it up and it sounded out the word of the Lord from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your believing to God is spread abroad so that we need to we need not to speak anything. Your believing is spread abroad, has gone forth, so that we need not to speak anything regarding it because you're serving. You're serving God's call in love. To love in serving is to be a doulos or a doule. One sold out, one who's branded, one who's marked. Verse 9. For they themselves 
Report is the text. Show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you. And how you turn to God from idols to serve a living and true God. God knows his people. All you and I have to do is to be faithful in rightly dividing and holding forth that word of God in the renewed mind in manifestation. Then they are born again and then we keep serving them and nurturing them in all humility of mind. And you have to show what manner of entering in we had unto you. Paul walked the talk and he talked the walk, people. Paul wasn't saying, do this or do that. Paul was doing this and he was doing that. He wasn't saying, do this, but don't pay attention what I do. He was walking the talk and he was talking the walk. That's how he entered in unto them. Remember, without ceasing, our gospel came not unto you in word only, but in demonstration. We were examples to you. The manner of entering in we had you. And then you turn to the true God to serve that true God. And finally in verse 10, people, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who rescued us out from the wrath to come. You do all of this with the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation and just with all patience and humility waiting for the return because it's the return of Christ that's the payday. That's when all the rewards will be given. And many times in this life, people, we don't reap the rewards that the census world says we ought to if God is so great. Well, that's their problem. It's not mine. I would rather not reap too many here and have them all of them throughout all eternity than to reap fantastically here and have nothing in eternity. I will... I have staked my life on the integrity and accuracy of God's word. If no man believes it, I believe it. And I believe that Christ is coming back and that there are crowns and rewards for the faithful of God's people. I want to share one more scripture with you. <laughs> and as I was working today for the teaching tonight, I said spiritually to God, I said, 
Where in the world can I put this to bless your people? And he finally said way at the end, and I thought, oh my God, that's the worst place to put it. But that's my stupid head. But the spirit takes precedent over the head. And so you just carry out what God says. When he says jump, you don't even ask how high. You just jump. And here is this tremendous verse of scripture that I think God knew would tie it all together. Verse 24 of Matthew 6. No man, no man. And the word man is an inclusive noun. You beautiful ladies are involved. No man can serve what? Two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot. You'd be a double-minded man, and a double-minded man is thrown about with every wind of doctrine, James says. But there are two masters. You just have to make up your mind. The battlefield is the mind, people. You've got to make up your mind which one of those two you want to serve. You've got to make up your mind whether you want to serve one of them an hour and another one an hour, one two hours, another one a half hour. You've got to make up your mind. Nobody can do it for you. You have freedom of will. You have to make up your mind. And I'd like to encourage you to make it up for the one and only thing I know that will pay the highest dividend throughout all eternity. And that's the rightly dividing of God's word and holding it forth, sharing it with everybody we love. The love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation. That's God's call to love in serving. And Reverend Wilkerson stated at the conclusion of his fantastic presentation tonight when he was in the book of Joshua, the very same thing that I had intended to say to you tonight. This is the day which the Lord has made. If the Lord tarries tomorrow, it will be his day for those of us who are his. Therefore, we must choose this day whom we're going to serve. You cannot serve both the adversary, the devil, or and the true God if you want to be a great man or a woman in service. So you choose this day whom you will serve. And may, by, may it by God's mercy and grace all of us say to him tonight, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.